everyone. Welcome to the Two Takes Podcast with Shannon and April. Today's topic is teaching is the best way to learn. And I don't know if you've had that experience where you've been put in a position to train or teach versus being taught, but um, it is. It is typically the best way to learn. And I think about this through the years. So I then had to research a little bit. And um, April is a trainer here at one of my companies. So she does a lot of the onboarding and training, and she is much better at it than I am in certain respects. Um, But we were talking about that, go, why is it that when you teach something, it just seems that you get the information better, um, you have a better handle on it. And I think there are lots of reasons. But so I did a little poking around the interwebs and I, and they actually have a name for this and it's called the protege effect. Sounds so much more elegant than just teaching is the best way to learn, but the protege effect and they have, you know, this pyramid and it says that your recall is actually much higher when you study something to teach it. And what's interesting is they did, um, a a social study on it and said, okay, well, you have group A and you have group B. Group A, you're going to learn this material and you're going to teach it. And group B, you're going to learn this material and you're going to be tested on it. And although neither of those things happened, um, they didn't teach it. Those that were in group A that were told that they were going to teach it had better recall of the material they learned. So that's kind of an interesting fact um, as we learn new things going, gosh, if I have to learn something, can I learn it well enough that I could teach it to others? And um, so it says, okay, how do you do that? And it says, when you're looking at material, what is so interesting and valuable that it would even be worth teaching to somebody else thinking from that perspective, what part of it is the most valuable that you would want to convey if given the opportunity or a short segment of time, what is the most valuable and how would I go about explaining it to someone else? So sometimes we can grab concepts and store them in our brains. And then we're like, I don't know how to explain it. I just know this. (laughs) I saw this a lot of times when my husband was teaching math to the kids. He goes, I just see the numbers. He's like, rain man. And he can do that. And uh, my mind does not work that way. And the kids are like, well, my mind doesn't see the numbers. <laughs> so being able to break, break it down and explain it was, was a huge thing. So um, I just find that interesting in the fact that I had been learning a lot of things and, and oftentimes I'm um, teaching it forward um, and thinking of those two questions, what's the most valuable that would be brought forward and how would I explain it to others that wouldn't even have a start of the concept or information. So I have some other things to share, April, but I'll kick it your way since you do um, a lot of training here. Yeah. Um, So I'm going to use an extremely fresh example here in just a second. Um, So I do really enjoy teaching um, other people how to do stuff. I love being able to... um, Um, empower people, give them that autonomy to be able to do things themselves. I am not a micromanager by nature. I hate, hate, hate doing that. Um, And I don't want to do everything for people. So um, I subscribe to the see, do, teach method. Um, And that's nothing groundbreaking in terms of, of, um, 
methodologies out there. I mean, there's tons and tons and tons of people who do it. Um, but basically, so when we have a new employee come in or we have new software that we're introducing or whatever the case may be, um, A, I will learn it first. But then when it's time to introduce it to someone else, I will have them come in and sit with me. Um, I will go through everything step-by-step. Step. We won't just talk through it. We'll actually have it up. I will be showing it to them. I will be expecting them to take notes so that they can remember <laughs> later on. Um, True story. <laughs> and then, um, and then after we've gone through it a couple of times, we've had questions, we've maybe done some troubleshooting, then I will physically switch places with them. I'll be like, okay, I'm going to sit in your chair. You're going to sit in my chair. I want you to do this now, whatever it may be, X, Y, or Z. And then, um, and I tell them that right from the beginning because I don't want them zoning out, um, which is part of kind of what Shannon was talking about. If you're just going to be tested on it, you're only going to retain the information that you think is the most important versus as much of the information as possible. So I let people know up front, like, hey, you're going to be teaching this back to me. Um, so I have them do it. I have them talk through it as we go through it, as they're doing it. Um, and then eventually, once people are comfortable with stuff, I kind of send them on their way. And um, they continue to hone it and become proficient at it. And then the final piece of that, um, after they teach it back to me, after they've done it, after they've taught it back to me, is to teach it to others. So that might be sitting with another new employee or with a virtual assistant or writing instructions, writing step-by-step -step instructions, which Shannon knows me well enough to know that I get really frustrated if things are left out of step-by-step -step instructions. I don't like instructions being written under the bias of assuming that you know what's happening in each step or why each step was happening. Um, so I probably have a tendency to over-explain. The example that I was going to give, which doesn't really fit the whole see-do-teach thing, but <laughs> Shannon and I literally spent, let's see, what time is it now? We spent an hour, <laughs> literally an hour trying to figure out how to get her Zoom account to record us side by side. So we've already shot a bunch of videos. We assumed that the settings would be saved. We figured we would just, you know, come back in, hop back in, go to it. We made that assumption, what, a week ago, maybe? Yeah, um, yeah recorded a bunch of videos. And then Shannon told me later on, um, yeah, we're going to have to redo these because they do takes podcast to on a whole exactly, exactly. So this is literally the second take. Um, so Shannon says, because I get in that mindset too of, okay, I'll remember this. I'll totally remember this. Not a problem. I know Shannon does as well. So she was, she was like, I'm taking a screenshot of these settings. <laughs> we are not doing this again. <laughs> like this is not happening. So, um, I think she, in that instance, kind of taught herself and learned from herself and from us walking back and forth. 
from office to office trying to get things figured out. But I think that's just another, it's not a big example, but it's a little example of how you can sidestep some additional issues by teaching yourself things as well. Yeah. Um, one of the reasons that this came up is not only because it's something we've experienced, but I see working with April as long as I have her approach to things, um, is, is a lot different. So I think some of it is because of the pace. We've talked about this a little bit that, um, for me to slow down is incredibly hard for me to do. And what happens then is um, I'm much better at teaching concepts than I am specific processes um, because I have to slow way down to do that. um, So I don't create knowledge gaps where April is much more intuitive and patient that way um, to get that all, all I's dotted and T's crossed. And so, you know, when we're in our organizations, one of the things that a coach would tell you is make sure you have systems and make sure you have your processes and procedures written down and then revisit them to make sure that there weren't any changes made either in the software or like Zoom not holding our settings or whatever it may be. Visit those often because those are things that can trip people up that are in your organization. It could create onboarding much more challenging for the person training and the person being trained. Um, And then just knowing that how we learn, um, there's visual learning, there's doing kinesthetic learning, there's hearing, um, audiology type learning, and we all have different styles that we prefer. So when you're training, having all of these things put into your training practice and, um, and teaching is important because then you're going to onboard people quicker and they can do more jobs for you and feel like they do have the autonomy a lot more easy, which we all then get you know, self-gratification with that too, going, I did this. I didn't have to ask 10 questions or wait for Bob to step out of a meeting so I could just do that next step. Um, Some of those things are really important, especially at the pace in which we're doing business. And a lot of times businesses are doing more with less people. So those are some tips and tricks um, to put the work in up front um, to create less headaches in the back end. And something that you said, Shannon, too, just about... um revisiting your processes and about how people learn differently. Mm -hmm. Um, So hopefully I'm going to take a leap here. Shannon's talked about this before. So I'm going to think, I think it's okay for me to mention (laughs) if it's not, then this video is just going to go blank. um, So, and I'm going to use an example from Shannon's kids and my kids. So Shannon has a son who has dyslexia. and he has he has powered through that. I, I remember, and I'm sure Shannon remembers it much more vividly than I do because I wasn't living it. But all of the things that they had to do with him to figure out ways for him to learn. Mm-hmm. Um, now, I have a daughter who is hard of hearing. Um, we, we don't know why, but we're, that's a whole nother topic anyhow. Um, but she wears hearing aids in both ears. Um, and so 
that we didn't find this out. She didn't even say that she ever had a problem until like within the last year. Um, but once we got those hearing aids and everything, she has opened up a lot about her coping mechanisms with the way that she um, learns in class. It explained a lot of the, you know, why she would go and play 20 questions or a hundred questions or whatever with her teachers. Um, and it was because she wasn't getting the material and nobody, nobody took a second. And I know that this happened with Shannon's son too in school was that nobody took that extra little piece of time to say, why is this otherwise incredibly bright kid having problems with this? Yeah. Um, and so, you know, she's in college now and Alex is, is in vocational school now and they're both doing great and they both have all of these adapted learning skills that they're being able to utilize. But I think also as a teacher, even if you're not an in-classroom teacher, you have to understand that people are going to learn differently. So having instructions that aren't just written, but that maybe have video screen shares or have, you know, pictures with them. Um, that's kind of my favorite thing is images in with instructions with actual arrows. Like this is where you click this button right here. Um, and just they don't move the button <laughs> and hope they don't move the button. Right. Um, but, you know, video screen shares with voiceovers or there's so many things that you can do, but allowing people to have a physical copy of whatever it is so that they can take notes on it so that they can read it. They can see it. They can have their own notes written on it. They're hearing it. They're watching it in real time. Um, those are all huge things to keep in mind. Um, and if you are teaching someone, trying to teach someone something and they're not grasping it, that's maybe something to fall back on is maybe just taking a step back and saying, you know what, how do you learn the best? How do you learn the best by just listening to me drone on and on and on? Or do you learn the best by simply just diving in and doing it? How do you learn the best? So I think that's another important aspect of it too, is remembering your audience that you're teaching to. Yeah. I mean, you noted, um, technology is huge. Um, the two extremes was I have a kiddo that does not learn by reading it. Um, he is constantly taking in, um, content through his earbuds. Um, history is huge for him. Politics is huge for him, current events, but he has all these things, just audio, audio in his ear. And I don't retain from audio alone typically, uh, but you know, he's adapted to that where April's um, daughter is just an amazing reader. She can read all these books so quickly um, and she retains it. So it is very interesting when you can use um, technology to fill these gaps. Um, it is so readily accessible. Um, like today, um, our recording is done via Zoom. So super easy to do that. 
um, some of the things that I looked in here that uh, we shared on the Take One podcast was that teaching reveals our gaps in knowledge. And sometimes that's just it is we get so um, routine that we just do it and we don't think about, oh, gosh, I did hit tab twice there because I can skip that field. We don't think about it because we've done it so much. And now it's our job to train someone else's um, when we have to teach it, we don't skip over those things because they aren't learned nuances for the new audience. And along with that, it says, the more you can teach it to a toddler, the more you know it. And I know oftentimes people say, hey, talk to me like I'm five. I mean, just break it down that simple. Um, because honestly, it's a little bit easier to uh, break it down more simple so people aren't in the position that they have to ask what they may fear is a simple question. Um, and and it's just not. It's just something that we glaze over. So I thought that was interesting. Teach it like um, you're teaching a toddler, which probably also involves some patience. <laughs> I mean, how often do we learn things the first time out of the gate? Uh, for me, not often. It's something that we have to learn a couple times. The second time, like, oh, yeah, gosh, I remember that. Um, but being sensitive to that with those that you're training um, is huge. And then teaching material makes us accountable um, to the material and accountable to um, being that resource oftentimes of those who we train. So um, when you look at your organization and onboarding new people or training up or all of the phrases that are being used, increasing your bench strength and um, all of the things involve learning. And um, giving some thought and attention and time uh, towards that would be huge. And when you um, select your trainer, being supporting them, number one, number two, is learning how they train or teach um, could be incredibly insightful when you are looking at the outcome of the training, you know, how comprehensive it was, what type of things you're training, um, just because someone's good at it doesn't necessarily mean they're going to be the best teacher of it, depending on um, their personality styles and their, their training styles. So keeping that in mind could um, actually set up your organization for a lot less pain points when it comes to that. Yes. And making sure that your trainers are not, I don't know how else to phrase this, that they're not empty trainers. Do not put people in the position to teach stuff that they have no knowledge about. Don't don't do that to your employees. That's <laughs> that it sets no one up for success and it sets everyone up for failure. And you've got someone then who's teaching material that they don't know, um, who can't answer questions, who are, are not a resource at all. And it becomes one more giant hurdle or stumbling block for the people that are trying to learn. So if you have people that you want to put into a position of being teachers, um, make sure that they're equipped with what they need to do that job appropriately. Yeah. So you look at that going, what do we have as resources? Number one, it could be inside your organization. Someone could be very well equipped to train certain things. Um, oftentimes what I'm seeing is they are doing outside training. So that could make sense. Um, depending on the topic. So um, I'm a trainer, I get brought in for certain things, um, management, leadership, sales training, those sorts of things. But then the internal process, be it your CRM system, 
they also, once you buy that software, they probably have trainers that could help. So you don't always have to shoulder this in-house. So being creative and finding out how to best provide a comprehensive solution of training starts really with the goals and identifying what actually is getting trained. Is it is it a technical software process? Is it broad concepts? And what support do they need? Can it be inside or outside the organization? All of these things can be discussed with um, a coach too um, to help you look at ideas and opportunities that you might not have, you know, um, put some brain power to, to go, oh God, I didn't even think about looking outsourced for this and then bringing this in-house. But those are all solutions that we can find together. So with that said, we'll wrap this up. If you have specific training questions or topics that um, your organization would want to be trained on, please let us know in the chat. If we can be of help, that would be great. Otherwise, happy training to everyone out there. Bye. Guys.